Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. There's something that lurks in the swamps of South Carolina that creeps across the boggy ground, peers through the weepy branches of cypress trees. It keeps out of sight, only rearing its head with blood-red eyes and long, sharp teeth when provoked. And the townspeople near his swamp, they love him. They practically worship him. And they call him Lizard Man. Now, normally I'd tell you how I first heard about this creature, and I'll get to that. But today, I wanted to start with some basics, like how Lizard Man's first victim was a car, all beaten up with teeth and claw marks. There was a teenager inside at the time, mind you. A deputy sheriff found him curled up in the back seat the next day, shook up but otherwise unscathed. Kid moved out of town pretty soon after, and who can blame him? Before he did, he told everyone who'd listen about the enormous tail he saw swishing back and forth across his windshield. This was in the 1980s, so that kid's probably still alive somewhere. But everything we'd want to know about the creature is in the transcript of his police interview anyway. About seven feet tall, scaly. The word dinosaur comes up a few times. You could tell from their questions that the cops thought they were dealing with a straight-up crazy person. They didn't know this was just the first of dozens of sightings that would be reported over the coming decades. And since most people who encounter him tend to get away, locals say that Lizard Man is more interested in just scaring you keeping people away from its home than in eating you. Although that's not to say it won't do that if taken with the idea. A pair of hikers who disappeared in the 90s must have stumbled across Lizard Man on a bad day. Only trace of them that search parties found was a finger and a shredded jacket covered in blood. So, it's important not to get too complacent. This thing is still a killer. And you know who found that out the hard way? Me. You're listening to Run Fool. I'm Rodney Barnes, and this is episode 11 The Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp. Lizard Man's domain is Scape or Swamp. It's on the fringes of a little town called Bishopville in South Carolina's Lee County. Although folks who lived there were initially petrified of this creature, they put bars on their windows and kept weapons by the bed, that sort of thing. 
These days, they talk about Lizard Man less with fear than excitement. They actually celebrate him. It happens once a year. Bishopville's town center is flooded with people in green face paint and reptilian suits. Stalls are set up selling wares like keychains and green lemonade dubbed lizard juice. One guy even has the gumption to sell plain old watermelons and claim they're lizard eggs. And I swear I'd seen one of these lizard man tchotchkes in my grandma's house back in the day. I didn't know what it was at the time, and maybe I'm misremembering. But it might explain why, despite my best instincts, I couldn't resist getting into trouble one night when I happened to be in Bishopville for the festivities. My family had taken a spur-of-the-moment trip to nearby Myrtle Beach. Impulsive vacations, by the way, are the best kind. But that's a tangent I won't get into now. Just know that I didn't set out to hunt down a monster or nothing. My family and I simply saw a flyer for it down in Myrtle and thought it'd be a fun detour for the kids. It ended up being more for me. From the moment we got out of our rental car, I was soaking up the kitschy lore about this swamp creature. But I was struck by something else, too. Belief in this mysterious lethal entity hadn't divided this community. It brought them together. Imagine that. Not everyone at this fest was all kumbaya, though. As the day dwindled, I noticed this one guy walking through the hordes with a notepad, an analytical squint to his eyes, a twist in his lips. I pride myself on reading folks pretty well, so I knew I was looking at someone who was here to rain on the town's parade, figuratively, although there was an actual parade that day, too. His name was Hank, and sure enough, he told me he was there because he thought Lizard Man was a load of, well, you know. He was determined to prove the town wrong once and for all, and I, I was curious to see him try. One thing real quick, don't go judging me for leaving my family in the lurch. They were full of carnival food and lizard juice, so they'd gone back to the hotel for a quiet night. I was excited to have the evening free, even if Hank didn't share my excitement. In fact, he'd been more than a little reluctant to let me tag along on his mission. So I walked through the swamp beside him, tried to be low maintenance. The air was gummy with humidity and it took all of 10 minutes before I was drenched in sweat. Plus I had my brand new Nike Retro LeBrons on, which were getting trashed. But I kept my complaints to myself. I told myself I'd stay at it for an hour, until sunset. I didn't even have a charge on my phone, let alone a flashlight. Hank was more prepared to say the least. I'm talking waterproof satchels, some fancy camera with an enormous zoom lens, collapsible hiking stick. He'd done this kind of thing plenty of times, made a whole career out of it, in fact. Apparently, he had some popular blog where he documented his travels to the darkest corners of the country looking for the creatures that supposedly lived there. And then he proved they were phonies, a classic debunker. There's enough evil in the world without making up stuff like the lizard man, he said as we walked through the swamp. And again, I kept my mouth shut, not wanting to be a nuisance. I agreed that humans were responsible for our share of evil. But that didn't mean there weren't other things out there, too. Worse things. I'd had my own brushes with the unknown, of course. Plus, I'd seen how belief in a monster brought Bishopville together. They seemed happier thinking lizard man was real than Hank did thinking it wasn't so I was more inclined to side with them. We crept through the cypress trees, dodged seeping puddles of muck. I tried to ignore the constant buzz of cicadas around me. If you've never been in a swamp, that's the one thing you need to imagine about this story. Swamps are noisy, disorienting. Birds scream, bugs bugged, and our shoes squished and squelched with every step. 
and those cicadas. It got so loud that it started to drown out Hank's grumblings. So loud, these natural sounds began to sound entirely unnatural even. And soon, the only sound I could distinguish was my own pulse, pounding inside my head and getting more labored by the minute. That's when one of my sneakers got stuck in a patch of mud. I tried to call out to Hank, but he couldn't hear me any better than I could hear him, which is to say not at all. He just kept marching ahead, leaving me to tug at my ankle trying to get free. And by the time that had happened and I'd raced forward to catch up with him, he wasn't there. I couldn't see him anywhere. And of course, I couldn't hear him either. And that's when a very troubling thought occurred to me. I was lost. I mean really lost. No cell service, no sense of direction. I'd been following Hank, so I hadn't been paying attention to where I was going. And everything looked the same, just trees and swampy stretches of marsh. The light was fading, too. I stood there, mulling over my options. They seemed to be, wait for Hank to find me, which might happen, but it might not. Or pick a direction and start walking, and just hope I ended up somewhere better than I was now. Before I could make up my mind, though, I noticed something up ahead. A small shard of light had broken through the tree canopy and was bouncing off some murky water. The light was flickering as the surface began to ripple small and fast, but getting bigger and choppier. And I know what you're thinking at this point. Run, fool! But what I was thinking was, Hank had fallen in and was thrashing around beneath the surface, probably stuck in the swamp's muddy floor. That must be why he disappeared so fast on me, and which is why I ran up to the water's edge about to wade in when... The water heaved and a pair of sharp teeth tore through the surface. I fell back, or maybe I lunged, my body reacting before my mind knew what was going on. Either way, I hit the ground and immediately began crawling out of there, my reflexes working faster than they had in decades probably. But it wasn't enough. A powerful set of jaws latched into my right sneaker and began dragging me back towards the water. I grabbed what I could, a shrub, a tree root, and held onto it with everything I had. I still hadn't looked back yet. I knew what was there. I didn't want to see it. A pair of crimson red eyes belonging to the half-man, half-lizard denizen of Skateboard Swamp, who was about to rip me from nape to gullet. But as my fingers gave out, my body twisted around and I found myself staring at a plain old alligator. Perhaps a cousin of Lizard Man, who knows? And I'm telling you, I never thought I'd feel relief to see an alligator, especially one with my foot in its mouth, but considering the alternative. Not that the relief lasted too long. This thing had a mean, hungry glare. It meant to consume me. So Lizard Man or no, I was still in serious trouble. I was still forced to react decisively. I was still forced to do something unbelievably rash, which was say goodbye to my new LeBrons. I kicked off the Nike the gator had in its mouth and felt my foot release. Then I was on my feet, sprinting back into the trees. I want to pause here for a second because maybe some of you have heard this tip. When running from one of these reptilian horror shows, you should move in a zigzag pattern because it apparently confuses the thing. So I zigged and I zagged it up hopping over roots and circling trees. I was kind of pleased with how nimble I could be and pleased that I'd remembered that bit of advice in the heat of the moment. I shouldn't have been, because it turns out that that whole zigzag thing is a myth, maybe even a cruel hoax. And thanks to that, this gator caught up to me in no time. This time, 
I felt his jaw latch onto the back of my other shoe, and I pitched forward. Let me tell you, I kind of felt like it was the end. And in those situations, you may have heard your life flashes before your eyes. And I can tell you that at least that bit of folk wisdom was right. I thought about my family, the one back in the hotel sleeping off their sugar crash, and my grandma, of course, who I figured I'd be meeting again real soon. I also felt a certain sense of irony, though. I'd always sought out the supernatural, and here I was getting ripped to shreds by nothing but a regular old gator. Not exactly the finale I'd imagined for myself. Nevertheless, I closed my eyes, trying to meet my fate with whatever stoicism I could muster. That's when a loud roar thundered through the swamp. It seemed to come from all directions, breaking through the dense, disorienting noise that had, until then, still engulfed me. Very suddenly, though, everything became eerily quiet and still, as though the swamp itself was retreating from whatever had let out that roar. Then, the ground began to shake, almost rhythmically. Footsteps, I realized, heavy enough to shake the ground and getting faster. And maybe I was just reflecting my own feelings onto it, but I swear that gator had a look of terror in its eyes. It released my foot and turned to make its way back to the water when something shot out from the trees and snatched it up, the whole half ton of it, in one fell swoop. The both of them disappeared in an instant, half an instant even, and whatever this thing was, it was enormous and muscular and I swore I caught a gleam of wet, mossy scales. I could still feel those shaking footsteps rumbling, and the stillness was broken by the vicious sound of cracked bones and the frenzied scream of the dying gator. Whatever had grabbed it was also big enough to eat it. I should have run then, but here's another bit of folk wisdom you may have heard. It's possible to become so scared you simply can't move, and this one, sadly, is also real. There is, it turns out, a special brand of terror that just makes your body stop working, that makes your mouth dry up and your mind go blank. I felt that. Oh boy, did I. Because even though I hadn't really seen the thing, I was sure. That was Lizard Band. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. It wasn't until the sound of his feasting died down that I slowly regained control of my limbs. And I had no idea I could run so fast especially when I was one shoe down. 
By this point, night had fallen so completely I could barely see two steps in front of me. But I flew through that forest, branches whipping my arms and bugs meeting their end against my cheeks. I was sure Lizardman was right on my heels, hunting me like prey. It may well have been, but it was my speed and the general lack of visibility that caught up with me first. My toes bumped a thick tree root mid-stride. Yes, I know, I was falling over a lot. You try walking, let alone running through a swamp, okay? Anyway, I tumbled forward through a thick wall of brush. The thorny twigs nipped at me like tiny vipers and I was left there splayed out beneath the thick and heavy swamp air. Sweat streamed into my eyes, blinding me. Or, wait, a light was doing that. A bright glare bobbed through the woods, hitting me in the face. I was lifting an arm to shield against it when I heard a familiar voice say, Rodney? It was Hank. Oh man, how fast a stranger becomes your best friend. I was on my feet in seconds, wrapping the debunker in a bear hug. My story came stuttering out of me, all fragmented. I knew I wasn't making sense. All I was clear on was the headline. Lizard Man was real. I'd seen him. Basically, I'd definitely heard him. And he... Hank cut me off with a disgusted snort. Not you too, he said. Everything has an explanation, so I'll go over every inch of this swamp until I find one. Despite my protests, Hank headed into the darkness I'd just escaped from, and I sure wasn't going to accompany him this time. So I was left alone again, watching as the swamp slowly swallowed his bobbing light, feeling certain of one thing. Hank the debunker, walking straight to his doom. One thing I haven't mentioned about Hank yet. This debunking wasn't just his job. Eviscerating legends and lore was kind of his life's purpose. Like me, Hank grew up hearing plenty of tall tales about creatures that hide in the dark corners of our world. In his case, the storyteller was his mother. Unlike me, though, these stories didn't haunt or invigorate Hank. They pissed him off. He felt like his mom was lying to him or worse, being condescending. It left him with anger towards the fantastical and a distaste for anything but cold, hard facts. On the one hand, he'd found a way to make a decent living off of the skepticism, so that wasn't so bad. On the other hand, it was now leading him to certain death. So, anyway, back to the swampland I almost died in, the one Hank was walking through. He clutched his flashlight but soon realized it wasn't enough. The beam barely penetrated the murky darkness of the swamp around him. Time to bring out the big guns. He swung his satchel to his front, fished out a pair of night vision goggles, and slid them on. He took a deep breath. Hank needed a moment to get used to the goggles before proceeding as usual. The world was instantly bathed in an electric green. He could see the details of each branch. A rustle came at his right and he turned to meet the shining eyes of the muskrat peering out of the brush. The next thing he saw was an object floating in the water just up ahead. My shoe. The one the gator took. Hank bent down and whipped out a tape measure, clocked how big the tears in the Nike's fabric were. The fourth tear from the front was deeper than the rest, and the bite overall was broad, which told him this was an alligator's doing. The jaws weren't nearly as large as witnesses claimed the lizard man's mouth was. Now you and I know this shoe was ripped up by a gator, but I hadn't managed to get that part of the story out before Hank walked off on me. So to him, 
this very tasteful and cool, but also very shredded piece of footwear was a strike against the lizard band theory, which made him giddy. So he threw the sneaker, the evidence, in his satchel and prepared to move on. Then he saw something race through the high grass to his left. It was fast, unnaturally so. Hank's flashlight was too slow to catch it, but he could hear a low hiss as it scurried through the undergrowth. His heart started pounding, not from fear, but from excitement. He could sense that he was about to blow the myth wide open. And beneath the night vision goggles, a large grin spread across his face. He took off in pursuit. Hank was quick on his feet. This thing wasn't going to get away from him easily. He followed the animal deeper and deeper into the recesses of the swamp. The cicadas had started up again by now and were even louder there, more insistent. He knew gators could only move fast over short distances, but whatever Hank was chasing seemed to be moving faster the longer he gave chase. That should have been a clue, but Hank simply picked up his pace too, till the pair of them were racing through the undergrowth. Hank stopped then, because he suddenly couldn't hear the thing anymore. He looked around before realizing why that was. In front of him, crouched in the dark hollow of a ball cypress, was a scaly reptile. It had its back to Hank, trying its best to tuck into the trunk, like it wanted to hide. But Hank could make out a spine which was long and curved and covered in bright green scales. Half concealed in the small of the tree could be anything. Reptile, costume prankster, even lizard man himself? No, Hank wouldn't let himself believe it. He'd take a pick, then coax it out for a clear shot, confident he was about to expose the truth of whatever or whoever it was. He pulled down his goggles, lifted his camera, and snapped a photo. In the dark of the swamp, the flash was blinding. A loud hiss cut through the air just as Hank was hurriedly slipping back on his night fishing goggles, ready to continue chasing if necessary. And that's when he saw it, the thing he'd really taken a photo of. An iron-scaled humanoid, seven-foot monstrosity, with bulging muscles and glowing red eyes. Its three talons tensed at its side. Its razor-toothed mouth hung open in a furious pant. A thick, barrel-sized tail swung on its back. This was Lizard Man. Lizard Man was shy. Lizard Man did not appreciate having his picture taken. Lizard Man had tried to hide to avoid confrontation with this swamp intruder, but Hank had chased him. And now, Lizard Man had no choice. His talons shot forward. Hank stepped back just in time, but not quite out of reach. The claws tore off his night vision goggles instead of his face. He staggered backwards, ready to run, but the creature was on him. And now, having been forced to act, it wasn't going to waste a good meal. Hank screamed as his jaws sank into his shoulder, instantly pummeling bone muscle into jelly. He punched at it, trying to free himself. But yeah, that wasn't going to do much against Lizard Man. You know that, I know that. And at that moment, poor Hank knew that too. Minutes ago, there wasn't much that would have convinced him Lizard Man existed. But feeling its impossibly large teeth tear into his flesh... That certainly persuaded him. Just before the cryptid's bite found his vital organs, Hank mused on something. About how he'd been so wrapped up in completely, totally rejecting his mom's stories. 
he'd never considered that maybe he'd gone too far in the other direction. Maybe the world was just too big and complex, too unknowable, for there to be a rational explanation for absolutely everything. Maybe there were some things, some monsters out there after all. It's the kind of mind-blowing realization that might have led to a crisis of identity if Hank wasn't about to be slaughtered. He felt a talon dig into his throat. The skin split, bloodshot into the air, and then the pitch-black swamp suddenly, somehow, got even darker. Hank was never seen again. Of course, I told the police what I'd seen, file a report and all that. The woods were searched, but there was no sign of Hank. No sign of a struggle. No sign of anything, including his camera. Obviously, my family forbade me from doing anything like that ever again. Not that I was in much of a hurry to repeat the experience anyway. We walked past the newsstand as we were preparing to head home and scan the papers. The festival was over, but Lizard Band was still around. In the headlines, all of them were some variation of Lizard Man Strikes Down Naysayer. That's probably the worst part of it for Hank, even worse than his gruesome death, that he became proof of Lizard Man's existence, and by extension, proof of the existence of all manner of horrible creatures. Or maybe Hank would just be happy he'd prove something in the end. I hope so, because believing in the unknowable corners of our world isn't so bad. It's not deluded either. It's hopeful. I mean, we should be more willing to have faith that creatures like Lizard Man are real, even if they're scary. Because Hank was right. There are an awful lot of wicked, evil people out there. But there's also a lot of good, loving, caring ones. So if some horrific monster can exist in our world, just imagine what other wonderful, magical stuff is out there, too. Just waiting to be found. Run Fool is a production of Ballin Studios, Campside Media, and Atwell Media. It is hosted and executive produced by me, Rodney Barnes. This episode was written by Kate Murdoch and produced by Abakar Adan and Lee Mengistu. Editing by Matt Hickey. It was also sound design and mixed by Kevin Seaman. Creature vocalization by Terry Cashburn and artwork by Jessica Clogston Kiner. Production support by Jeremy Bond and Cole Lacasio. Special thanks to our operations team, Doug Slaywin, Ashley Warren, Sabina Mara, and Destiny Dingle. Executive producers at Ballin Studios are Mr. Ballin, Nick Witters, and Zach Levin. Executive producers at Atwell Media are Will Malnati and Rosie Guerin. Executive producers at Campside Media are Matt Scher, Josh Dean, Vanessa Gregoriadis, and Adam Hoff. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.